Well, hello and welcome to the best damn lunch and learn ever. I'm your host, Jen Hex. I have the hilarious and brilliant Melinda Woodstock on the show today. Oh, are you guys in for a treat? I mean, this is going to be amazing. I mean, the amount of knowledge that Melinda is going to drop on us is just amazing. Hey, Doreen, how are you? So today what we're going to talk about is... Um, success formulas for women entrepreneurs and steps that we can do to do that. And Melinda is doing extraordinary things to help women um, out there um, grow their business and be better humans. All of that. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> all of it and above, right? Um, so let me give you a little bit of background on Melinda for those that don't know her. Um, she's a visionary entrepreneur, CEO, technology innovator, and the founder of four successful media tech businesses. A passionate advocate for female entrepreneurship, her moonshot is to invest 10 plus million in 10 years in mission-driven female-founded businesses. So ladies, pay attention. <laughs> she is giving us the secret sauce, right? Um, so Melinda re recently launched Wings of Success Summit, bringing together 55 top female entrepreneurs uh, with seven, eight, and nine-figure uh, businesses to pay it forward. So as I want to kind of stop there for a second. I'm going to go in because I think this is really important to talk about because we were talking about it offline, and it was just brilliant and a lot of work. So talk to us about the summit. <laughs> I know. I've got, I'm in launch detox right now because we went live over five days last week for the Wings of Success Summit. And, yeah, I brought together 55 women at the top of their game innovators, influencers, investors, all paying it forward to other women. Because my mission with Wings is to really lift yeah. other women. Yes, right? absolutely. And so it was amazing. Yeah. Um, just the quality of the people and the insights and epiphanies and practical hacks and tips and everything. And I realized that I'd created essentially the, the full 25 years of my experience as an entrepreneur, I'd wow. crammed together in five days um, which is a lot, um, and then it's, it's a lot of great content. Yeah, and, then it's, and then it's exponential. When I think that's true of all the other fifty-five as well, and so it really is all the information that I wish that I had had at my fingertips when I was starting out. I mean, it would have been such a game changer for me. Right. And now you're giving all that all back. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, and I sure am. I mean, I cannot wait to go through all of them <laughs> because you're amazing. But you know, she also, if you have not subscribed to her Wings podcast, you have to. Uh, she is amazing. So go on there on iTunes, um, SoundCloud. Where else can they? Um, Spotify, Spotify, Stitcher, you know, iTunes, obviously Google Play, like just all the usual places, usual, right? Yeah. And it's called Wings of Inspired Business. Yes, Wings of Inspired Business. And it was really, I was on her show. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. It was awesome. <laughs> You're a great guest. I mean, it was just a blast. It was a lot of fun. And also you just, you shared so much of so much value. I think when we affirm and acclaim our own stories we help other women step into their greatness as well because right. it sort of gives them permission right to, to to think that you know you can go out and do anything right I mean it's all possible yeah and it's all your mindset and you know I talk about that totally. and visual, visualization is key I mean I think that had given me an advantage personally just from tennis when I was eight years old I mean I've been visualizing since I was nine okay. oh god same yeah. thing with me because I was yeah. a figure skater yes. a little known fact about me I was just this figure skater and the same thing like if I could see myself do one of the jumps or the spins yeah. then I could right simple yeah I don't know who I was talking to the other day they were telling me about this story um gosh I was a football player I think or some or was an athlete wasn't practicing as much as the other person right but they were visualizing 
everything that they were doing in their head. Maybe it'd be a boxer, I can't remember who it was. But they were visualizing the fight or the game, whatever that they were doing prior to going in. And I'm like, oh my God, I used to do that, yeah. right? Yeah. Because that's how you're setting it up. Like you're training your brain. Yeah. Right. And you can do that in business, in life, in relationships. Like, how are you showing up? Do you want to be in a positive space? Do you want to be in a negative space? Do you want to have the negative Nancys of the world? Like, yeah. try to, you know, crush yeah. your dreams? Exactly. No, thank you. We're going <laughs> right? to pass. Well, there's a great Henry Ford quote about this. If you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And so what's in your head? I mean, if you can't see yourself do it, there's no way, right? And I, I, all my experience as an entrepreneur, as a figure skater, anything right. else, journalist, any of the other things that I've done in my life, that has been true. Right. And exactly. And so that's, that's another thing. Melinda is an award-winning host, journalist, and uh, executive across the world's top media brands, BBC, London Times, ABC, CNBC. She created crowdsourcing news app and grew it to 3 million people in eight months. Oh, my God. In eight months? In eight months, yeah. Holy um, it was a it was a, it's amazing actually in fact it could still be useful now it was called ask your lawmaker Ooh. and I was running a company called capital news connection at the time and we were reporting on Congress for public radio stations uh, local TV stations newspapers digital properties um, and we created this app um, that allowed any citizen to ask any question they wanted of their lawmaker in Congress. And then our oh, journalists that would needs go to come back. <laughs> and, get, and get the questions yeah. answered, right? So we'd say, hey, you know, speaker, this question comes from 958 people in, right. in 32, 32 states. And then we'd say, no, I don't think you answered Betty's question. Ooh. And we'd hold them to account. And what was really interesting is that the, the, the citizen questions were better than the journalist questions. And it Ooh. got these lawmakers off their like prepared scripts, and so it was a lot more spontaneous. It was really interesting. And 2007 into 2008 grew that to 3 million users in eight months. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. And then I sold that company and then they took well, Ask Your Lawmaker away. So I'm thinking, oh, you know, I should just do that again. Right. Like I have time. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's busy, but she finds a way. <laughs> As we all do. Busy. Busy mom entrepreneurs, right? All, <laughs> all of that. Yeah. Um, so you have um, on, actually, number one, where can everyone find you? So let's talk about that first okay. so you can get, um, so Melinda, you tell us where we can I'm, find you. Okay, so I'm all over the place. So like my podcast, first of all, Wings of Inspired Business. You can find that on my website at melindawitstock.com. And it's Whitstock with no H. Everyone always messes up my name. It's W-I-T-T-S-T-O-C-K. So you can find it there. But you can also like iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, you know, all, yeah. the, all, the, regular, all the regular things. Yeah. And then, of course, I'm all over social media. Yeah. So as Melinda Whitstock and Facebook, I am Melinda Whitstock. It's a public figure page. But Melinda Whitstock is my other page. Same yeah. thing on LinkedIn. On Twitter, I'm Melinda Wings. Because of <laughs> Wings. and that's a new account. Okay. Um, my other my, my company account for Verifeed, because I'm the CEO and founder of a social intelligence company called Verifeed, and that is Variate, V-E-R-I-A-T-E. Yes. But you can find me. I'm mean, yeah. just Google me. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's just nice Google her. I mean she's there. Yeah, Google. and we're gonna talk about Verifeed too. <laughs> just Google. Um, but you know so today we're gonna talk I wanna get dive into uh, successful formula for women, right? So we're gonna go in there. So if you know other women that would love to hear Melinda and I talk about these success formulas, please share, comment, let us know you're here, say hello, drop us some hearts. Yes, it's, Monday. Yay, it's Monday. <laughs> it's Monday. It's um, Monday. so talk to us about so when you're talking about, tell us about your successful formula. Oh, okay. Well, wings. It was really interesting. It, it was at Camp Maverick. Yep. 
last year that I was thinking of writing a book on female entrepreneurship, which I'm progressing with the book. But then a whole bunch of other entrepreneurs said, oh my God, if you're writing a book, you should have a podcast because you need to create this whole community around, you know, to prepare for book sales. And so I thought, oh, okay, yeah, sure, a podcast, that makes sense because I used to be an interviewer. Right, yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. Like, she Duh. should be doing oh, it. Why am I not doing that? I should be doing that. It's like such a no-brainer. No so I started with the podcast and I was looking for a name for the podcast and I was thinking about this whole mission of lifting other women up and I love this idea of wings. Mm. And then I back, like, I don't know, I, I backward sequenced it into thinking of how could wings be an acronym and I came up with women innovating, networking, growing, scaling. And that that was actually the formula. So women, obviously no brainers about women. Innovating because we really, have the capacity to think much bigger mm -hmm. sometimes than we do. Like to really go that. for bold, game-changing, big ideas. Like that shouldn't be only for men. Right. Like that should be for us. We should go big. Yeah. Um, networking because a lot of us don't do it or don't do it enough or don't do it effectively. And and in in the networking is also mentoring. There's only a, a tiny proportion of women who actually have mentors. Yeah, which is crazy. You know, like mentors and, and you coaches. Need a mentor. Yeah, coaches. We'll get to that in a second. Always you do. Yeah. Um, uh, growing, because growing isn't just growing your business, it's also personal growth. Mm -hmm. And the growing part of it is very much around that. And we could add, we could add another G to it, which is giving, because a big part of this is really mission driven, which we're very suited to collaborative cultures and big mission driven social impact business models um, uh, that we're particularly good at. And, and, the time has come for those. In fact, they do better than yeah. the regular kind. And then scaling. We tend to launch businesses that don't scale or we get in our own way trying to get them to scale. And it starts very simply with not asking for help or not asking for not enough help, hiring too late, trying to do all of it ourselves, trying to be perfectionists. And all too often yeah. we launch businesses around our expertise and then we do the thing that we're good at but there comes a point where you can't scale if you're doing all the doing. You really have to let go, and that's the thing that stops most women from getting to a million dollars in revenue. So mm. there's this startup sticky floor that people can't get off of, and only a tiny percentage of women get to a million dollars in revenue, which in business terms is really actually kind of the start point. Mm -hmm. So right. we want to fix all that. Yeah, we want to fix all that. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> you know, a minor thing. Yeah, yeah that's minor. <laughs> but, you know, let's go back to, like, you know, starting from the beginning. So if women are starting these businesses, um, you know, are you saying, because that's like an interesting, mentors and coaches, because I've, I grew up in the mindset, you know, from being an athlete, uh, that in order to have the all pieces of your game work in tandem and you be really, really efficient and, and, and win, <laughs> that you have different coaches in different areas of your life. So I had a tennis coach and yeah, it was tennis, but they were subject matter experts in their particular area. Serve, volley, forehand, backhand, right? Because so if I wasn't paying attention to all of those, my game wouldn't be complete. So what are your thoughts on like how important coaching and mentoring and steps to actually go and do that? Well, it's a profound point. It's true in this as well. You need a good personal group around you, right? And there could be different personal groups, but you need to eliminate all toxic people from your life. And by toxic, I mean people who really don't support you. Yeah. They, they may be jealous of you in some way, or they may be kind of well-meaning on the front of it by saying things like, 
are you sure? Are you are you sure you want to do that? Right. Like, like really, and and it can really dampen your spirits and your ambition in a way that can be really harmful to your business. So you want to be around. You want to have a support network of people who really do have your back. Yes. Genuinely care about you. So that's very important. Have that and build that personal network and personal mentoring network and close and coaches for the mindset issue. Yeah. Right. That's really important. And then there are. Um, masterminds and groups to help you with specific business questions that you're working on are all different types of subject matter expertise as you were saying so do you need kind of legal help do you need a, a help on um, figuring out how to create a great culture say for your business or how to do your social media or your marketing or your personal brand or all these different areas you can bring people in that have specific subject matter expertise and then the third one is a much more of a strategic one where am I going and why? Like getting into alignment with what's in your heart and your soul and aligning that with your business. And so you can draw from different people and different expertise and different mastermind groups and different courses and all sorts of things at, at different points in your life and also concurrently, but it's important to always be learning. I yeah. mean, because the minute Constant. you stand still, it's, yeah, you can't grow a business can't, at yeah. that point. Yeah. yeah, and you look at, you know, look at, don't reinvent the wheel, right? Yeah, like, that's also true. Yeah. Right? You don't reinvent the wheel. Like, so if you're in media, you look at, you know, the Gary Vaynerchuks, right? That, you know, like, and, and don't try, I mean, obviously you have to be you, but at the same time, look what they're doing. Um, there's podcasts, there's books, like people are giving you advice to, to, to really grow your business and grow your audience from an authentic place, right? Mm -hmm. Because I truly believe when you know in your soul's purpose, like you are working in tandem, everything kind of does fall into place. You still got to work for it, right? You still got to work for it, but I think the right people around you, I mean, going back to what you said, I mean, that's what we talk about a lot, building your own personal advisory boards. Mm. Right, and so I have. I, just, I don't know. We can put a put a link into it, but I have five tips to build your personal advisory yeah. board. It's a free download on my website, but and it it literally goes you step by step on like who are you surrounding yourself? How do you feel with that certain person? Because if you are not like you said, if you are around these toxic people who want you to fail, you need to fire them from your life. Mm. <laughs> That's what I say. You are done. Right, just because they're not bringing, what, you're going to surround yourself with negativity. No, right? Because that's just going to bring your personal and professional. And I, I always say, like, you look at the people, like, you can see, like, they are meant to do these certain things, right? Like, you know, you, you light up, you, you're like, you're really excited, you're really invested, and people versus, you know, someone's, like, not doing what they want to do. Like, maybe say, like, you know, they're, I don't know, like, in some sort of sales that they don't want to be in, they're selling somebody else's product, they're not going to be enthused about it because that's not where they're aligned with who they are, right? And they may not be giving back. Gosh, it's so true. Yeah, I mean, you do have to put in the work, but the work becomes infinitely easier when you have that alignment. Because all kinds of interesting things yeah. happen, like curious synchronicities. I found even with the podcast and the Wings of Success Summit, whoever I was interviewing on that particular day, and this, this holds true right from the beginning, was always the woman that was actually saying something that I needed to hear right. that day. Yeah. And this is kind of fluke or maybe if you believe in in the universe yeah. and and all of these things in manifestation it's not fluke at all mm -hmm. so depending on on what your mindset is around that but what was curious about it is that you know all my podcast guests and everything for the summit was on an automatic calendar link I didn't know who I was going to be interviewing that day. oh really oh that's interesting I had no idea I didn't plan it 
it just so happened that I was interviewing, say for instance, a great example of this is Lauren Hall. She's building a billion dollar unicorn in the, in the event planning space. Oh wow. This amazing disruptive software. She's South African, she's in Australia. It's a global business, it's in like 45 countries. So on the very day that I'm thinking, oh, what would a Wings epic event look like? What if we did events, what would it be? And, and she was, I just looked up and I saw Lauren Hall. Let's see who's she, she's booked on my podcast and I don't know who she is. And she was the exact person I should be talking to on that exact day because I was beginning to get my roadmap together around all these in-person events that I'm planning in, in my own roadmap. And so that's just one example, but it happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. And like the other one that was really funny is during the summit, I was, I had a, a session on, but the summit was all organized around mindset, yeah. mojo, and money. Oh, I like that. Because all three, three are linked. Like you can't get the mojo or the money without the mindset. Right. Right. And if you have the money, but you're not really happy, that's probably because you don't have that mindset part right. Right. Whatever, yeah, right? Exactly. Lots of like empty zeros, you know, because the zeros just, you know, if you're, if it's not in your heart, right. you, money alone isn't necessarily, you know, a panacea, right? Yeah. It's nice to have, but right. Um, so getting all these things in alignment. And so I was actually like in danger of really burning out on the summit. I was working so hard, right? Mm. Um, so much to do, so much to do. And on that particular day, I was interviewing JJ Virgin and you guys might know her from the, She's the New York Times best-selling author like five times over with the Virgin Diet. She has an amazing uh, health business um, as well. She's grown into the high eight figures. I mean, amazing, amazing woman. And she was doing a talk on the summit about why self-care for female entrepreneurs is selfless. And she showed up on the exact day that I was feeling like my, like my brush right. burnt out. Right, exactly. <laughs> and she reminded me about like, wait a minute, you know, Belinda, just, you know, go, if, if you feel like you don't have time to meditate, go meditate some more, right? Right, and I think that that's the other thing is setting, is especially for entrepreneurs, this is a, a very, very key thing is that, you know, you're working for yourself, there is no time limit, right? Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, like you start in the morning, you can go, you could go, 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 but setting these times that on your calendar are so important, like for you, like first thing in the morning, meditate, take time to manifest what you want for the day and, you know, for, for ahead, you know, just focus on little things. And I think because you can get so overwhelmed, like I have so many things to do, I don't know what I'm doing. If I don't have a list down, I can get completely overwhelmed, but you know, and it's also getting that mindset where I'm like, oh, I didn't get through all 20 things today. Well, I got through 19, but that one was making me feel that I didn't get. Oh God, isn't that the yes. funny thing how our minds go immediately to the negative yeah. or what we didn't do rather than all the things that we did? Right. Yeah, that's one, I, I think that besets almost everybody because we yeah. all have that inner thing in our head, you know, that negative voice that tells us about not good enough, not good enough, mm -hmm. not good enough. Right. And all those people who say things about you and then you hear that in your head instead of like all the things that the other positivity people say about you too, right? And so you just gotta shift that. I actually do this thing, it's so silly. But um, I imagine a broom, mm -hmm. like, like just brushing away the negativity, negative yeah. thoughts out of my head and focusing on something positive. Yeah. Because I think that, because you can retrain your brain that way. You can. You can. And it's, uh, and it's very important to have that positive mindset because you are what you attract, right? So if you're negative Nancy and you want to, you know, say bad things or, you know, do, I mean, it's not going to bring yeah, it abundance. Brings, it brings more of the same. <laughs> yeah. It really does. That's a really interesting thing is because you go out in the light in, in life and you realize that really 
what you're seeing or what you're experiencing is really a mirror of what's going on in your own head. Right. It's taken me a long time to actually understand how, I mean, it, it, to say it sounds so simple and to, to break it down and to really learn it, it gets really complex for a little bit and mm -hmm. then it comes back down to being really, really simple. I mean, you see or you get what you're seeing or what you expect mm -hmm. because your mind, that little negative self-talk yeah. in there is going to set out to prove you right because your ego is strong enough. Right. <laughs> trying to keep you safe. Yeah, right. So whatever you think, your mind is going to go out and prove that for you. So I love the broom metaphor. I have one that's similar because okay. um, I love to visualize, but I have one where a wave literally washes through me and just like cleans oh. all that stuff. Like, just whoosh, Oh, yeah. Like I like gone. that. I'm going to do both. <laughs> right? I mean, just try like whatever works for you, but it is really, really a profound lesson to be able to let go of these things. Like when we get triggered, when yeah. other people piss us off yeah. or like we get triggered about yeah. something, instead of hanging on to it, just say, oh, how interesting. Hmm. What does that show me about me? Right. Um, what belief must I have that I can let go of and retire? And all these things are so critical. Like uh, one of the things that was interesting about the summit is that every single one of these women, these 55 women, all uh, stunningly successful, like serial entrepreneurs, most of them, you know, seven, eight, nine figure businesses, best selling books, like stellar success. The one thing they all have in common? What? Is this. The ability to let go of old negative stuff. The ability to wow. see business growth as personal growth. <laughs> kind of like you want therapy? Be an entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> but, you have to do a real look in yourself. But, like, but, what do you have, you know? But it's the, yeah. one, it's the one thing that they all have in common. And this is true of my experience of talking to a lot of male entrepreneurs as well. It's not just a female or a male thing. I mean, it really is for everybody. If you can do this, you'll succeed. Wow. Write that yeah. down. That's a tweetable moment. <laughs> so keeps your mind right. It's <laughs> true. Right. It all starts here. Yeah, exactly. And, and I cannot, so you would say, so the first step for entrepreneurs, would you say mindset is number is key? Mindset's is really, key. really important. And I think also though, it, insofar as it allows you to know yourself too, because when you really know who you are, what you want, and you're not living somebody else's life, mm -hmm. you're living your own life, like you're around your own values, your own talents, the things that make you happy, how you like to spend your time, what kind of impact you want to have in the world. And if you're creating a business that's in alignment with your true purpose, your true heart, your true Amen. soul, you are going to succeed so much more. So it makes that, so the mindset's part of that issue, not the whole part of it, but, but the alignment is in my experience, really critical. So like I have, I mentor a lot of entrepreneurs and, and I've heard so many people and I've heard myself do this too. Okay. Is to say, Oh God, I should, I should do that. I should do that. Should, you know, whenever you hear yourself saying should question yourself because why, why should you, is it, it's, it's, it's probably come from somewhere outside yourself. It's, if you want to, that's different. Yeah. But should, hmm, why should you, why should you? But so yeah, really look at that. Like, and then I obviously like being pulled in 20 different directions too, because when you're starting a business, you're like, oh yeah, I need to do all this social media. I need to do this. Like you have to be pretty strategic on it. And that's what having mentors and coaches who have maybe even similar, you know, people think, oh, well, they're going to think I'm competing, you know, or they're in competition. No, I mean, you can get the information and just say like from a genuine place, say, this is what I'm doing. Because chances are 
you're probably not gonna have the same clientele because they're two different people, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so collaboration is key. And so if you go to those people, chances are networking groups, because we're gonna talk about networking in a second, going to those mentors and, and people saying, okay, hey, you know, this is really, um, I, I need some advice here before I go down this crazy path. Like what are some of the, you know, the positive and the negatives to look out for? And also po listen to the podcasts, they're free. They are. Yeah. There's there, all these resources are at our fingertips in a way that wasn't true before. I remember starting out as an entrepreneur, and there was nothing. There there were no podcasts. There were no there was there was no social media. There was no place to go. There were no courses. Mm -hmm. It cost a fortune. It used to be to start a business, just even to get a website. Yeah. Like what we can get now with a $99 theme um, uh, on WordPress yeah. used to cost $300,000 to do, right? Um, and so the That's barrier crazy. to entry is, is like nothing. Right. And all these things are at your fingertips. But you have to be willing to invest in yourself. Like, again, the other thing that really successful entrepreneurs have in common is that they invest in themselves. They buy courses, right? Mm. They invest in masterminds and high-level yeah. masterminds. And exactly. I find that when you pay for something, you're more likely to take it seriously. That is a great point. I mean, no, you're going to actually commit to it. Like, you will do it because you paid for it. It's like, and you're going to expect good service. You're, you're going to be there. Right. And but Lord, if it's free, yeah. it's kind of, nah, You know, but the podcasts are really good. Like, yeah, not to say don't do that, but, like, do all of it. It's all out there. There's no excuse not to know this stuff. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I 100% I, I agreement. And then what do you think for innovation? Like, you know, so, talk to us about that. Ah. Well, yeah. so this comes down to something that's really personal for you like everybody has something that they complain about all the time like you know if you find yourself saying saying something like someone should do something about that right. well who is that someone i mean is that someone you because maybe it bugs you so much that you have a solution for it um so i i think of someone like kara golden so kara if you if you guys know hint water hint water is this really amazing um, just just a, a water that's fruit infused, but it has no sugar, really, no, no preservatives, and oh, it's amazing. It's really nice. It just makes you know we need to drink a lot of water. It's good for us, but it can be boring. Yeah. And so she's taking the boring out of it because yeah. it it tastes really good, but it's good for you. What's the name of it again? It's just called Hint. Hint. Oh yeah, Hint. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hint. So Hint is almost a billion dollar company now. Oh wow. And you know how it started? It started with Kara in her kitchen. She had 50 pounds that she couldn't lose. She was a mom of four. She was an AOL executive. She had like all this extra weight and she tried all kinds of diets. She was exercising and all of that. She also realized that she had a Diet Coke habit. She was drinking a lot of Diet Coke, which has aspartame in it, and you think it's sugar-free and calorie-free, so it's okay. Not. Um, she, she also had this, she talks about this, she had this adult acne problem, she felt sluggish, like really. And so she went through, her kitchen became her lab. She ended up creating, she got rid of the Diet Coke habit. Yeah. She started putting fruit in water. Okay. And then after a while, she was like, hmm, I wonder where I can go buy this because I'm tired of making it myself. Right, exactly. And she went to Whole Foods, she went to all these, but it didn't exist. Mm. Okay, so she uttered the words that all entrepreneurs end up uttering at some point, which is, how hard could this be? Right. <laughs> See how this goes. <laughs> she had, right. And she had no experience in any of this. I mean, she really just started just from scratch. And she has created, a yeah, almost a billion dollar company. She's wow. now doing the same thing she did with water to sunscreens to get rid of all the really dangerous chemicals in yeah. sunscreens that are actually cancer causing. Oh, I so, so now she has a hint of sunscreen that's in Target and a whole bunch of things beyond. But this is a, someone who just had a problem 
that was in their lives. And she knew if it was a problem for her, it was a problem for many millions yeah. more, mm -hmm. right? And so set out to be the solution to the problem. So like that's a great way to go innovate. There's always something in your life that bugs you. Like, yeah, and you're getting your soul. You know what I mean? You're just like, oh, it's just, it's just, so I want to fix it, right? Right, right. Or yeah. there's just something that you enjoy doing, right? Yeah. That, that, and, and so there's different types of companies. I mean, some companies are what we call disruptive innovation. That's where you'll create a technology or a process or, or some sort of thing that changes our behavior, changes society as a whole. Like the iPhone was a disruptive innovation because it changed how we all behaved. It changed our lives. Mm -hmm. um, or you can kind of improve a whole industry or things like that, right? A driverless car is, you know, disruptive yeah. innovation. Yeah. Um, but there's lots of other businesses in, in between. Right. Um, but the most important thing, don't create a solution in search of a problem. That's a great point. <laughs> That's a tweetable <laughs> moment right there. That's a tweetable moment. Because a lot of people do that and and there's no not necessarily a market for it. So the other thing is stay really close to your customers. Like don't invest in anything or build anything until you have validation from people who would be your customers. And so that makes it just absolutely necessary if you're an entrepreneur to be really curious. Yeah to not take things personally, it, to not care. If your customers say, God, that's a piece of, oh my God, what were you thinking? Not to take that personally, just take that's part of your lab. That's right. part of your science hypothesis, right? It's like, oh, okay, that's interesting data. All my customers or potential customers are gonna make me bigger and better and stronger and like I'm yeah. gonna serve them better and that kind of thing. So that's a really critical part of innovation as well. Yeah, I like that, I like that. Uh, all right, let's go into networking. Because <laughs> this is a doozy because you hear a lot about, okay, Okay, I gotta be out there networking, but it's how you network, I think, is key. Oh gosh, yeah, and everybody's yeah. really different. So we all know networking, right? Like the type of ick network, I mean, I don't know, like I'm really bad at all the small talk stuff. You know where you got your name badge and you desperately grab a glass of wine and you gotta talk to all these people and everyone's like, me, 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 buy my stuff, buy my stuff, and gosh, I, I hate that kind of networking. Mm -hmm. I really do, and yeah. I'm, you know, like I'm a single mom, I got two kids, yeah, I, don't me really, too. I don't have a lot of time. Right. Right, so I gotta be really careful with my networking. So I like to combine it. I like to have fun. I like to be around people that I like mm -hmm. and that I know I'm gonna learn a lot from. So my networking is utterly transformed. I've got like a number of different mastermind groups that I'm in, which is really kind of learning and a little bit of networking too because they're with people who are connectors. Some of my mentors really are great at connecting people. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's really helpful. And then a revolutionary thing that I did was join Maverick 1000. Yeah. Um, that was a several years back, and Maverick is just um, a very unusual <laughs> business group. I, I think we're all high-performing entrepreneurs, but there's these three planks of it. One of it is just like fun, like get outside yeah. yourself, because if you're having fun when you're networking, you're gonna learn a lot more. It's just gonna be, it's a better way to spend your time, makes yeah. you happier, yeah. all of those things. But also we do a lot of work together giving forward to charities, applying our, our, our entrepreneurial skills to help nonprofits and like yeah. make a real social impact. And the other part of it is personal growth. And so those three things fit really well 
together for me and then different conferences that I go to that have that kind of ethic like whether it was mastermind talks mm -hmm. or you know some of the different um, entrepreneurial groups I'm in but I don't really do the business as usual networking personally right. I find it doesn't really work so well for me I yeah. can waste a lot of time yeah because you think about it like you want to connect as humans right you know yeah. it's like so and Gosh, that's kind yeah. of what we're doing for the dating advisory board and dating and heels right we're trying to bring that human aspect back into the dating world because I think it's lost with a lot of swiping but that's a complete sidebar but that shouldn't be any different in business mm -hmm. right as like getting to know that person like how 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 do I how's my energy around you mm -hmm. right like because you're gonna work with this person or want yeah. to do business with them and if they're just like come straight out of the gate like what can you give me give me your network you're like whoa yeah sit down a second exactly you know like you I, I think that is do not do that people <laughs> okay do not do that get to know that person ask a question smile yeah. you know like really look at it. if you're coming in like super hard and you're like why is this not working for me like why are these people not yeah. you know connecting is maybe your approach to how you network and is is off base and and read some books yeah. and podcasts just because like you should just get to know that person as a human being mm -hmm. like what like what do they like what do they don't like yeah you know because it just it will just do you a disservice if you're if you're not because you're I don't know how you're going to be successful. No, I know. Yeah. If, you, if you go out there as me, 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 yeah. like nobody cares, you know, nobody cares. Nobody but cares. if you're actually about providing value to right. other people, um, miracles happen. So, in a, in a, I, you know, I was having a conversation with someone about this the other day about the difference between co connecting and catalyzing. Ooh. Because when you connect people, that's great. But if nothing comes of it, then kind of who cares you know what I mean right. who cares but to connect people meaningfully in a way that you know that something really positive is going to result for both of the people that you connect that's actually also a way to grow your own influence right because what are the two people that you've connected that are doing something really great as a result of you connecting them yeah who are they going to be talking about they're going to be saying hey wow Jen gosh she's so amazing and they're going to tell everybody else how amazing she is because she just <laughs> and they're good that's how you build yeah your, that's how you build it that's how you build your influence as yeah. well the same time so oh, yeah two Great. birds one stone two birds one stone <laughs> i know i don't want to throw, i don't want to throw any stones at birds but no you know, no you know what I mean, no right? yeah. we don't we, we love animals <laughs> <laughs> that's not, yeah exactly um you know growing okay so growing and, and then we'll get into scale like would you say growing and scaling i mean are they two different things or just growth yeah. and personal and then scaling because i think the scaling thing is the most important um i'm just curious i am personally curious and like how how do we scale businesses because i think a lot of people do want to try to do the, everything themselves high virgo um, just think that but I just I've learned to how to delegate um, and, right. and really knowing where my strengths are and leading with those versus you know having well let's do scaling first when we get back to growth because okay. scaling and growth on on in a business term very very similar in a way right so when you think of what you love to do are you doing the things that you really hate to do because someone's got to do? Are you doing them when somebody else could be doing them? And a really interesting way to think about it if you're a founder, and I went through this exercise a couple years ago where a mentor asked me, what's the value um, to your company, Melinda, of you going and creating new intellectual property or landing a huge strategic deal or like a sponsorship or something like what would be your hourly rate for that for the amount of valuation you'd add to your company for the amount of dollar value or how much you'd grow your revenue all of those things is it a hundred an hour a thousand an hour ten thousand dollars an hour a hundred thousand dollars an hour and I was like I'm blown away by these numbers like what do you mean like ten thousand dollars an hour he said okay well let's let's break it down and so we did some back of the envelope 
um, uh, calculations. Because if it's something that's going to add like $10 million to your business or something, then right. yes, your hourly rate in that moment as you're creating that is that valuable. So if in that moment you're instead fixing a broken link in your website, or if in that moment you're instead doing the laundry, or if in that moment you are instead like entering things into QuickBooks, like, no. I mean, anybody else could do that. So d double down on the things that only, like only you can do and hire the rest. And I know it's very difficult at the very beginning, I this phase that I call the startup sticky floor. Yeah. Where in the, in the really it's early great. days. It's true, it's like I'm stuck here, I gotta get out. It's like the opposite of the glass ceiling. Like right. Yeah, and, and you literally, like, it's hard because you get into these chicken and egg dynamics and that sometimes you do have to do all of this thing, all of these things, but when you are in those really early days, think about replicating your process. Yeah. Like even if you're filming yourself doing it or annotating all annotating rather all the things that you do. So when you do have a little bit of money, you can just literally hand it to somebody else without having to teach them. It's like, here's my process. Mm -hmm. So think about creating replicable processes in your business that yeah. you can hand off to somebody else. That's a good use of your time because if you're creating a replicable process with something you're doing that you hate to be doing and you, you can't wait for the day that you don't have to do that in your business yeah. anymore, at least create the process because you're creating value and valuation for your business as you're creating that process. So that's, that's great. really, really important. The other thing too is, don't be afraid of what other people say. Um, a, a guest on my podcast, one of the first people she ever hired was a personal assistant. This was a person that she hired for like, I don't know, 12 bucks an hour, 15 bucks an hour to do her shopping, to clean her house, to do her appointments, to do her laundry, to mm -hmm. do all those things so she could focus on her business. Because when we look at our calendar, if you actually are honest about your calendar, yep. a lot of the day is taken up by that kind of stuff and yet we don't put that in our calendar. No. It's not there. And then that's why, getting back to what you were saying about like, oh God, I get to the 40th task and it's not done. Yeah. We, you didn't have time to do 40 because, so, so lay out your calendar so that you've got like actually like everything in your life there yeah. and then you can start to prioritize, you know, how best to use your own time. And I think that's key too. I mean, putting things in your calendar, right? Even regardless of your entrepreneur or working too because yeah. you know, you realize how much time you do spend like, oh, let me just check that Facebook feed newsfeed for a hot minute 20 minutes later you're like oh yeah you know it's, it's like schedule easy. your time you know to do that you know uh really put it out there hour by hour of what you're doing for the day and then at the end of the day would i say that i actually got bad about this but i'm starting it back up um i would write down the key things from that day that i did get done and then i'll put it on the list instead of just right. looking at the list yeah. and saying okay i'll just get to that but prioritizing them in order that they need to get done to, to like look at that like three I always say like look at three to four degrees down right and like my spider web theory um, well the other part of scaling is is the concept of leverage mm. so what are the activities that you could do that have a multiplier effect and by that I mean like if I if I just do one thing and, and I have to just keep doing that one thing over and over and over again, or if I could do one thing and as a result of doing that one thing, all these other magical things are gonna happen. That is a great point. So think great about point. the impact of that because that can, that and that alone can help you prioritize your activity as well. Yeah. 
Oh my God, I love that. And then, so when you're talking about like, we kind of going back and forth, cause you do invest in, in women owned businesses. What do you say when you're thinking about scaling to when people think, oh, well, do I need an investor? Or should I get, how do I, how do I go about looking for an investor? Or am I, is my company, you know, what, what are investors looking for? Yeah, so here's the thing. Investors are looking for a way out. They're looking for an exit. They want to know that they will get their money out yeah. <laughs> of right. your business. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's not just a gift, right. okay? So it's not just, here, I believe in you, here you go. Right. It's not a blank check. And, and this is the really important thing. So to get inside the investor's mindset, the first thing I recommend you doing is thinking about what it would be like, like, let's do some heavy empathy here. What would it feel like? to write a check for $25,000. Like how would you feel as you're writing that check or $100,000 or like a million dollars or like, like, wow, okay, ooh, that's like kinda so, right? Yeah. Ooh, oh my God, right? That so is, so yeah. first thing founders think about yes. is, is just, just flip it a little bit. Now, there are different types of investment and different types of um, uh, investors and, and expectations of what they want out of your business. Mm -hmm. Venture capital is really, if you're building a business that is gonna be at a minimum a $100 million business, then VC is good for you at a minute, right? Because VCs want 10 times whatever they put in. Uh, if they put in a million, they want 10 million out. Five million, they want 50 million out. The only way they can get 50, if, they, if they're taking 50 million out and you did actually build that $100 million business, that means you've given away half of your company. If you take an investor, you are giving away your company. And that's okay because you can have a big slice of a tiny pie or you can have a small slice of a big pie, right? So there's all kinds of different ways to look at it. But venture capital, no one qualifies for venture capital until they have the following things. They need really defensible IP. They need a team that, that, that really knows what they're doing, like a, a good working team evidence of consumer traction or business to business traction that the company's growing the founders know their numbers mm -hmm. <laughs> they have something that's defensible from an ip standpoint there's a big enough market that even if you screw up you still have a big enough market to actually do something in i mean right. so there's a whole series of things like that that would qualify you for vc funding very few businesses qualify for vc funding right of those that do um, it's hard to get the money. Like women only get, even the women who qualify mm -hmm. for VC funding, we're still only getting two to 3% of the available wow. money, which is insane. So trying to change those numbers and get parity around that. Um, ain't friends and family, like so if you're building technology, often friends and family are a good way to go, but you gotta be really careful about yeah. the terms. Friends, family, oh my God, they have to be willing to lose their money. And you have to be very clear with them it shouldn't be their kids' education. <laughs> they have to be yeah. to lose it. Because most startups fail. I mean, they just do. And it's. In, I, I hate to say fail. I hate that word because really failure to me is feedback. All these things. There's so many things beyond your control when you do a startup. There's so many reasons why they can fail and pivot and move. And 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 um, I think for women, it, it's terrifying. If, if you have the... Um, mindset that you're taking it personally, yeah. then the failure is just like, oh my God, if it means something about you, then that's that's hard. So you have to kind of get out of your own way right. and, and realize that you are taking a risk, but your job as the founder and the CEO of the company is to minimize the risk. Right. But it is risky and that anyone who's putting money in, you know. So I would say there are other ways to do it. I think a great way to do it, if you have a consumer product, like if you're selling B2C and it's a consumer product, do a crowdfunding do a crowdfunding oh, like, like an Indiegogo. Because apart from anything else, it's a great marketing test. 
because you start to evaluate if you get a lot of traction around that it's probably your customers that are investing or whatever and then it's really good traction to show another investor because you can say hey look I've got proof I've got social proof that people are willing to pay for this or invest in it or whatever so that's a good way to go Um, try and bootstrap as much as possible so you don't lose your company yeah right and never oh one other thing this is a pet peeve of mine if you're launching with a co-founder do not ever 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 do a 50-50 deal ever 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 just just don't just don't please don't because you will disagree (laughs) oh okay you will disagree at some point and if you're 50 50 it can you may have a buyer or someone who wants to buy your company for loads of money and if one person's like nope and the other person's yeah you're gonna lose that deal you're just i have a do a do a pre-mortem <laughs> figure out together all the things that could go wrong and have processes in place for what happens because you will disagree about stuff oh that's actually interesting just will yeah. happen right yeah yeah that's interesting yeah i mean because you can get both sides like some people say like well if you give up the business mm-hmm. right are you you know you have investors and you lose control of like what happens so let's talk about that like so is there when the when the investors actually put money into the company do you as a ceo lose um, yes. Yeah, you lose <laughs> what you do. Like, so they could you're say you're selling your company. You're selling your company. Okay, so that's interesting. You're to selling know. chunks of your company, right? Right, and you're taking their money to leverage their money to grow. So it's better to take money as growth capital for something that you already know is working. Yeah. So you're you're essentially putting gas in a car that's already running, yeah. rather than taking money to build the car. Right. I mean, if you can do that, that's better um, because the, the terms are going to be better for you as well. So a lot of um, founders make the mistake of thinking that the valuation of the company is the thing. It's actually the terms um, mm. because there are some little terms in there that you may not understand. You may not have done the legal due diligence that you can wind up like the Twitter founders at IPO who didn't own any of their company anymore and didn't make any money, right? Ooh. So yeah, that happens a lot. Eek. Yeah, so you can be pushed lawyer. out. You can be pushed yeah. out of your own company. So, like, have your your company needs a lawyer to you, right? Um, but you need a personal lawyer too. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good stage. point. Yeah, love that. All right, well, let's talk about going into the social media aspect of it. So, we're, like, you're, like, I love it because I wanted to know more about Verify. Well, I know about it, but they don't know about it. So, I want to talk about the importance of social media now that we are in this age of media. Right? You have seven seconds to get uh, attention from oh people. God. I know seven, maybe it's six. It's like a something. It's like ridiculous. I have a word for it: infobesity. Infobesity. <laughs> yeah, because like there's so much noise and so much clutter and yes. so much like, and it's how how to be heard in that. And yeah. um, I I've come to. I mean, a lot of people are out there, um, you know, competing for vanity metrics like likes and and hearts and just sort of that kind of thing or followers or whatever and it makes you feel good because you think oh look at those numbers those numbers look good but they don't mean anything unless they actually tie into the bottom line of your company and the metric that I always follow and we instruct our clients to follow and help our clients do this is to really understand that engagement like really solid organic engagement with yes. people who are happy customers and, th- and that, that you spend enough time making them feel good about themselves serving them making them so happy that they're telling all their friends they're bringing more people to the party like them because yeah. there's a great stat about this 92% of people 
don't purchase anything without validation from someone like themselves on social media. Oh, that's a great point. 92%. Like that's we, a lot. Like, 92% of us don't buy anything unless, somebody unless, a else friend, buy, yeah. unless a friend says, hey, yeah, it's pretty cool, right? right. Um, another stat is we're 12 times more likely to trust a non-interested party, like someone kind of like us on social media rather than the brand or the business who's doing the selling. So if you go out there on social media and go, me, 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 come to me, people are like, they, they could care less, right? right. Honestly, like right. no matter how good your product is, because right. it, 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 it's not relevant to them. It's like standing on the street corner. Like yelling. And saying, me, 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 you know those guys like stand outside car washes, flipping the yeah. signs? It's like, it's, it's like that. Yeah, I was like, I'm more afraid that they're gonna hit my car with it. And then that's another conversation. <laughs> like one wrong move, right? and I got a debt. Yeah, it doesn't work. So it, it, sp it makes more sense to spend um, a lot of time focusing in on 10 people, even 10 people that you know really um, are your ideal avatar, your ideal customer, and really get really good at solving their problem, get really good at making them feel really special on social media, Absolutely. talk with them on social media, make them feel really special, and then start adding more. Don't go for big numbers, go for smaller numbers and higher quality to be begin with yes. and then allow that because that, that's the only way you're going to get really that that lovely uh, viral word of mouth that's yeah, the holy that, grail for everybody. Yeah, because you see people buying followers like yesterday they had 200 and now they have like 20,000 but then they have three likes on their picture. It's like, you know, people in media are people that are trying to do business. If you don't think that they're, they're looking at that, they're looking at your engagement, they're looking at all your social media platforms, then, then somebody gave you some really bad advice. Yeah, it's true. You know? I mean, a lot of our clients started out with like literal ghost towns on there. They just weren't responding to people. Yeah. Um, a, a really, I mean, social media really is conversation. It's yes. the art of conversation. Yeah. Like learning about them, engaging on their pages. Asking them questions. Yeah, like what's, yeah. Making them feel good. Like, uh, you know, if they share content and you like that content, thank them. Just yeah. a simple thank you without a request from them. Yeah. We say that there are like, you know, for every seven steps you take on social media, six of those should be assisting somebody else or providing value right. for someone else. So give, 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 right. ask. You know, give, 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 ask. Right. Um, but you know, it's interesting. So the very the reason I know all this stuff yeah. actually. We'll talk about, yeah, exactly. There's, the reason yeah. I know all this stuff is because I created these. Uh, it was actually from a previous company, um, but created all these algorithms to actually understand social conversations and what was going on in those conversations. Right. And it was I won't geek out too much, but it was. I, mean, I love like, this stuff because you know I'm a techie girl, right? <laughs> okay. So I'm like, ooh, I can't wait for last chapter so, well, to get into it. It was a mix of uh, natural language processing, which allows you to take unstructured data so i.e. sentences like mm -hmm. social media posts not like a spreadsheet and analyze it and look for patterns in the data and, and so from that we were able to see and learn a lot about people like their interests hobbies yeah. habits you know things like that exactly. um, and sentiment um, and um, got better and better and added this layer of machine learning onto it which is becoming more sophisticated and artificial intelligence yeah. um, but from that you could really see um, what works and what doesn't. And what we started to do was reverse engineer, you know, looking at companies um, and even individuals, like say someone like Gary Vaynerchuk yeah. or whatever, what are they doing that's working? And there's a whole bunch of steps that 
if you if we when we followed it with the algorithms or whatever we could see exactly what works and exactly what doesn't work mm. and then we could advise our clients Very accordingly yeah, yeah exactly yeah because you have to really know like know your target audience know who your clients are what you should be doing I mean I think that's so key I mean especially in the dating world hence the dating advisory board <laughs> know your mission statement right, right? just like yeah. a company does know your core values or your you know, and so you go down these different areas I have a new um, came up with something on the way over here that I'm gonna write about uh, but I'm not gonna tell you yet so but I thought about it on the way over I'm like oh everyone can use this because I don't think people are really diving deep into what they really want yeah. in life and their relationships and then in their professional life too. yeah well we realized too that authenticity was a really really big part of success on social media so yeah. you know we were talking a little bit about why it's really important as a business owner or an entrepreneur to really know yourself and be in alignment with all of that well that's true also when you come to create a personal brand and come to interact with people yeah. on social media are you showing up authentically and I mean we got so into this and we saw the the um, impact of people talking authentically yeah. on social media and we created an algorithm called return on authenticity so instead, oh, of, your, instead of your ROI it's your ROA ROA that's your brilliant ROA. Yeah, because people want to know you. I mean, like people, well, they say, like in sales, they usually say this, or I, we used to say this at the company I used to work for, is that, you know, you, you can sell, I, I used to sell Avaya phone systems, right? I mean, but there was a ton of other Avaya dealers, right, out there. But, like, if you're a subject matter expert in your area, which we were, we had the highest number of technicians, and it was, we knew our product, right? But this also coming down to that personal relationship. Do they like you? Do I want to do business with you? Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, like, am I, do I, yeah, you could know your stuff, but are you a jerk? Are you not <laughs> funny? Like, I mean, I had to bring the funny into the technology, right? I used to say, like, I sling phone systems, right? Like, I built these. And it's funny, because I said in this book that I, you know, was in the chapter I wrote, talking about communication infrastructure. Because people like, how did you go from telecommunications and then go into dating? And I said, well, it's not very different. I mean, I, I literally spent 12 and a half years, well, longer than that, but I was with the same company for 12 and a half years, building communication infrastructures to help companies utilize their business and work more efficiently. And obviously, people had to listen and talk. That's how they, <laughs> they communicate it, right? But it was no different in dating. You have to learn like your communication infrastructure. How do you like to be communicated with? Who are you really wanting to be with? And look at the, the reflection in the mirror. Who are you? A lot of people don't do the self work first. So that's what mama's going to change. Yeah, <laughs> and actually, Jen, that's a really good point too. When you think of um, your a relationship with an investor as well, right. it's the same thing. It's, it's based on relationship, yes. like everything in yeah. business yeah. and life. In life in general. Life, dating, dating, investing, investing, all of that. All of the above. <laughs> you know, you wanna you wanna be with who you work for because also think about it, like if people will say, Well, I just need to find a job. Okay, you find well we'll hold on a second. Like take a step back when you're really looking at that obviously for the younger generation too, but like really look at okay, well I just need to find a job somewhere and then I'll be fine and then I'll do what I wanna do later. Well hold on a second, let's take a look at like what do you really wanna do? Or who do you really want to be, and then align that with the the organization. If you, that's what you have, if you can't create that business now. Oh gosh, right. Yeah. That's absolutely that's so true. And I, I think whether you're looking for a job or a position, or whether you're hiring, is getting that alignment. Like, are you aligned on the same purpose, the same mm -hmm. mission, the same why? Um, that's actually a really good point too about social media is that when founders talk about their why, and there's a great book about this, uh, Simon Sinek did a oh, great yeah. TED talk called Start With Why. His book is Start With Why. Um, and it's great because people can buy into your mission, the problem that you're solving, rather than 
how it works. Nobody cares yeah. how it works. I mean, they really don't actually care. Like maybe once they're already customers. Right. But do I care exactly how my iPhone works? Yeah. No. I mean, I care what it does for me. Yeah. Right. And so um, start with the why. And then, the why. and then the how. <laughs> and then the how. Don't talk about the how on social media. Nobody cares. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's an engagement, right? Like, you know, putting your information up there and um, really asking questions, like you said, asking questions, getting feedback, creating your communities around, mm. you know, creating Facebook communities. They're free. That's another way to network. Join different groups and going back to that, too, that are in alignment with what you want to do. Um, I think it's just so important. Yeah. I know. We're taking like a little I, um, like entrepreneurial MBA here. Yeah, I know. I mean, talk. like you guys are, we're going to get into some like knowledge today. I want to do it. Um, yeah. So we have uh, a few more minutes, but um, I would, a couple things is what do you feel is the potential setbacks for women creating their own companies? Oh my goodness. Setbacks for, for women or the challenges that we have. Um, I think yeah. we, I mean, some of the internal challenges that we have is that somewhere along the line, we were all trained to be perfectionists, you know, whether yeah. it was like in, in school and we were like, does hand, the neatness of my handwriting count? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's literally that we do. And I find, I, I find, I fall into this trap all the time. I, I find so many, even when I know better that we tend to, do that we we tend to kind of control and I think it's partly our nurturing gene yeah. as well we care a great deal about what other people think of us and yeah. so sometimes we can get held back I believe that that's 100% true by that like more than men when men men will go out and they'll like and it's true of boys on a playground too will like fight and tumble and like just do all this kind of stuff and when it's over it's over and everyone's friends again yeah women tend not to be like that right exactly <laughs> exactly so, so that's something that we could borrow a little bit like it's kind of like not personal yeah. um, but I think there's so many other things though that we have like an emotional intelligence yeah. and an empathy and all of these things that if you're able to take those values and scale your values or scale that empathy or that intuition um, that the nurturing quality that allows for a really collaborative and amazing culture one yeah. that where everybody's lifted up that's something where women in their real authentic feminine power show up in that in that way where you can be decisive and you can do all of those things without being a dude yeah right like you don't have to be a dude to be powerful right so you can still be feminine yeah um but really balance out the kind of like the decisiveness that that right with with really all these qualities that we have that that are very nurturing and 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 much better in a new type of sales environment where um, I, I joke that we live in a C to B world rather than a B to C world, mm. you know, consumer to business because the consumer's like, okay, I'm here. Right. Let's see who has a better deal. So they, they're waiting to be enrolled. And I think women, when women are in a sales role in pursuit, it doesn't look as good on us as attracting. Um, I, and, and so there's a whole bunch of different things that we have, qualities that we have that get in our way that don't have to get in our way. Yeah. If leveraged correctly, they're a huge advantage. And so it's just getting conscious of some of these things. And I would like to see women think bigger yeah. as well. It's just as easy to start a big business as it is to start a small business. You have to do the same things. Yeah.
Well, that's actually a good, good point, or a great point, I should it's, say. It's, it's like, important. Like, <laughs> you have to do all the same things anyway, all right? Exactly. So think big, you know, why not, right? And 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 don't be afraid to fail. Uh, right. I think so many people are like, oh, well, we're going to get judged, or they're going to, people are gonna be like, yeah, I told you so, you should just go back to selling and making everybody else millions of dollars, right? And I'm like, no, mm -hmm. I'll just come up with something, you know what I mean? Yeah. You can always, you're always going to learn and grow, and like, okay, that didn't work for that piece, but doesn't mean that it's not going to work somewhere yeah, else. Exactly. And right. also, if you're thinking of starting something, yeah. Start with a little side hustle. Right. Right? Because you learn a lot from that. Like, don't, you don't have to just quit your job and, like, then start a thing. Exactly. You can do that transition gradually. Yeah, exactly. Until they tell you to shut it down. <laughs> I've <laughs> like, well. built a business once. I mean, you know, I had actually built several, actually, while I was, like, in a job, job. Yeah. After, I mean, yeah, it was kind of like freelance job job, but you know, right. I was like had this going on, I had something else going on, yeah. and then when the side hustle became real, yeah, then you could take it and put it on your wings, right? Put on your fly. wings and fly, <laughs> fly in the glorious that you are, exactly. Um, but this is awesome. I cannot believe we're out of time. It's already been an hour. I'm just it's I'm amazing. It's you. Like, whoosh, like. Flew by. We like flew. We, we, that was awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, so everyone, you have to go on and follow Melinda on her, all her social media, and I'll put it in the in the comments afterwards too. And thank you so much to the Wharf for hosting us today. Uh, the Wharf in Alexandria, if you've not been, is so nice, so gorgeous. Um, we love them, and there's a special discount for dating. If you want to end this, I always say this to people like, well, you know, it's like you have to date your spouse, even if you're married. It's date night. So we have a special uh, free app from the Dating Advisory Board at the Wharf. So guys, make sure you go if you're local to the DMV. The Wharf is amazing food. We cannot wait to get our lunch. <laughs> so, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. And thank you again, Melinda, for being on the show. This was great. I love it. it was All right. A lot of fun. Bye. See ya. Have a great day. All right. Bye.